0: in Saudi Arabia he's getting he's being offered a contract to play soccer for 1 year for 776 million dollars <laughs> wait
1: can you say
2: that number again
0: 776 million dollars
2: you for having me
0: um I really do that was the most cliche start ever yeah thank you for being here thank Thank you you for for having having me me. um I really do appreciate people coming here it's so it's it's just like a very very wild experience um Marie was asking me about it this morning she was like what is it because she was she was here yesterday with uh Luca and and Patrick
2: oh oh our J1s
0: oh my goodness what an experience we had yeah. And she was like you know I don't ever really I guess think what it's like to do what you do so often. She was like but cuz it's it's draining. Like that's like that's a lot of energy it takes to just speak to people and like take people on mm-hmm. so much. Um she was like but just like being a part of that experience for as long as it was cuz the episode was like less than two hours but we hung out for like fucking six hours with these guys (laughs) and it was very intense if you know luca like it can be very very intense he has a very intense energy and just like ethics and morals about him
2: absolutely um
0: yeah just whole work ethic is just kind of like insane um and so I, I was posed that question, like, what does it feel like to do this? And I was I had to think about it for a little bit, and, uh, you know, because when you're living a certain way, you just live that like you just do that thing. Um, but man, is it cool, man? Yeah, it's very, very special to me. It's a very, very special thing. And so absolutely. So I appreciate any time anybody will come share their time with me and do this.
2: Of course. I mean, it takes a special person to be able to talk to somebody for that amount of time and being engaged and having that ability to take it on as well as like offering up a part of yourself as well. Cause that's what you do in these. Like you give up a little bit of yourself to have that conversation with someone. So it definitely takes a very special person to be able to do it.
0: I appreciate that. That was very nice. You're a very sweet person. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose um yeah, giving yourself up and being able to, yeah, take on.: Yeah, it's fun. It's, a, it's just a really fun time, because you really, truly realize that people have that capacity, and I stopped thinking that people didn't want to have meaningful interactions with people because that's, that's just not true, mm-hmm. right? they may not know how to go about doing it, like initiating it. Um, But a lot of times I realize if you get the ball rolling for people, like they're more than willing to play.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, But so much in our, in our lives, uh, de incentivizes us to do it. You know, like it's just Mm -hmm. so many distractions. There's so many things, which is, and I, I often talk about the power of, you hearing me through these headphones right now and just being in an enclosed space and it's just us, like, it, you, that's not happening in your normal day-to-day life. No, not right? at all. Right. So there's just a bunch of other things passing by, stimulating your brain, yep. catching your eyes. Like, it's just too much other shit going on. So I think people people could do it. I don't think that that's lost because I do it with people all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think they have to be put into a situation to help them do that. Absolutely. That's what it is, to help them do it. I
2: think it's just less common for people to actually have the deep conversations that you usually see in like situations like this out in public. Because there's that social aspect of feeling like you're being judged. And so if you want to have those deep conversations you want to make sure that you're in that safe space and you're not always going to get that out in public Yeah, know but it'd be really nice if everyone felt like they're in a safe space out in public and we could have these conversations i feel like people would be so much more understanding and happier
0: let's have a conversation okay you brought up to me because i i we see this is this is the thing about work Is like we got to work Mm -hmm. Right. So we're be having a great conversation. It's like, oh my God, like I would if I could just sit here a little while longer, if I could just have like ten more minutes of your time. But we can't do that. Right. I have questions about this story. Because you grew up in a town, (laughs) okay, that is that is adjacent. to another town, or is actually a part of the same town. It's all one town. It
2: is one town, but it's
0: but it's segregated in a sense.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Um. And, it, and it's segregated based off of ideas. <laughs>
2: indeed, ideas. Indeed, ideas. Indeed. Um. Yes. So. And,
0: and so and so. So tell me what your research knowledge is, or is this information passed down from generation to generation? Like, how do you? Yeah. How did you come into contact with the, with the, these people and all the information? Tell me again.
2: Absolutely. So they moved in when my parents first moved to my town, which was in August of 97. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they probably showed up two or three years later. It was a very small community to begin with. Um, Is
0: it of a certain ethnicity? It is not oh, okay. So it's just a bunch of random people mm-hmm. just showing up in town. Yeah. Okay. And they're hanging out together.
2: They're hanging out together. They're playing drums together. They are okay. Um,
0: okay. Yes. They. Like, doom, 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 doom. like every like, Saturday like ceremony night. Ceremony type of drums.
2: Oh yes, gotcha. every Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very loud growing up. They were always walking around, riding their horses through town.
0: Did they house cattle of any sort? Like did it's, they?
2: Slowly but surely they did. They've started uh, probably about 10 years ago. They started buying a little bit more of the land um, around town so that they could have more farmland because they do produce a lot of uh, local produce and have their own little store. But when I was little, they had just like one designated area that they were in and then little houses started to pop up. Um, but it primarily it was just me interacting with them and then learning from my parents or other people in town just kind of about what they did and whether or not they were like a safe place um
0: right and and what is it that they do again
2: so they are um they're how do how do you explain this um they are one of the twelve tribes of Israel. They are very very uh, male-dominated domi- male group that uh, does not educate their women after eighth grade, and right. um, they believe in um, the Messiah who's still currently on earth. And they kind of started back in the, I think, back in the 70s, 80s. And they got a lot of their members from Grateful Dead concerts. A lot of people coming off of the Appalachian Trail, just kind of lost souls that they brought into their community. And um, there's definitely... That's
0: crazy. Like Grateful Dead concerts. Like like why?
2: They're on drugs. Like
0: specifically Mm -hmm. Grateful Dead concerts because they were just... So they were highly impressionable impressionable. Yes, exactly. Okay. Wow.
2: And so um, growing up, they were a little bit like I didn't really have an opinion on them. Me and my best friend, uh, we actually would walk up there and they taught us how to milk goats and make goat cheese and goat milk. And it was a very cool time growing up. Um, but as we got me and my friend got older, it was just a lot more imp- impressionable on us as young mm. women seeing that type of dynamic between the wives and the kids and the husbands and um as i got older the more i paid attention the more i was like um
0: oh this seems a little this
2: seems a little seems weird a little strict a little oh, strict indeed um, <laughs> to say
0: the least yes
2: and then they opened up their store in town and uh they they've gotten a lot better over the years um
0: Wait. They've gotten a lot better in forms in terms and
2: just like kindness outside of like their group. They okay. used to be very, I don't know, they didn't really talk to other people, but then we had this nice family move in who was like kind of that bridge between the people in town and them. And then when they left, that bridge kind of broke again. So it's definitely this weird Dynamic between people in town, and then them. And I wonder
0: what the whole like shtick is. Like, what is the cell? You know, like when you find these people from the Grateful Dead concerts, <laughs> or just like you said, wandering the Appalachian Trail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's <laughs> what is it about people wandering the. Is it just that these are just.
2: You're lost saying law. Hosts. you're
0: saying lost souls, like people mm-hmm. that are not doing it for a good hike. Like they're right. <laughs> they're just wandering because they have nowhere else to go.
2: Yep. So there's actually this really cool How article. many of
0: those people are doing how many people are wandering the Appalachian Trail right now? That would be a wild
2: That would be a very interesting statistic to yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know how many people, I know that, so I read this article um, that I, after we had that conversation, I had um, looked into it. And back in, I think, 2011, this woman who was hiking on the Appalachian Trail went on her phone and she looked and she saw that there was a work for stay place right outside of Harper's Ferry, because that's, I live very close to Harper's Mm -hmm. Ferry. That's one of the stops for the Appalachian Trail. And so she found this place that she could sleep at and do a little bit of farm work, and it was free, and they'd feed her and house her. And she talks about how she showed up and was put into this prayer circle, and Mm. there were people talking about how you need to abandon your life and just Abandon all material items and just join them. And she just writes about how she sat there and she watched this woman who was probably no more than 18 years old with her two kids. And people were trying to convince this woman to stay and give up her life to dedicate it to this group, which I don't really know where the pull is.
0: Um, Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is the thing like? The other people try to get you into their cults, and they're going to—they're going to be like you know, when you die, you know, you're going to be greeted by 72 virgins or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is, or you know, there's going to there's something to it, you know, or you're a part of it. Could be like a fraternity in a sense, and you just have wild networking now, and you can just get into stuff. So you have access into things that you didn't right. before, like something.
2: Nothing. They don't even have a good T-shirt. Like, there's nothing going on over there that.
0: But that Bikram yoga guy, do you know about him? The guy that started Bikram yoga his name mm-hmm. is something Bikram. Uh, Not familiar. But it was this guy that was over in India, in the Indias. I don't know which where exactly, but he had actually practiced yoga from like yogic masters or something like that. Mm-hmm. He comes over to America and knows that he can very easily exploit mostly middle-aged white women, and he starts teaching this Bikram yoga, which if you ever go to a Bikram yoga class, (sighs) I know some people like it, so I can't completely shit on it. I know some people (laughs) really do. I just – it's not for me. I'm going to put it that way. Um, And this guy's whole thing was he was just very charismatic. He came. he He was putting people in a hot room and doing yoga, and he was up there looking good. And stretching with just like a loin cloth on, mm-hmm. and he was fucking a lot. There was a lot of fucking <laughs> going on. Yep. Um, but they were getting something out of it though, <laughs> like they were. They felt as though they were in the presence of some sort of prophet or some conduit, you know, to to God, and. They 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 were getting a good fucking workout. They're moving their body. They probably in 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 mass too. Where like you're sitting around with two hundred people doing the same chants and fucking yoga stretches while this guy's at the front and you guys. It's pretty much like worship, right. like you know mass worship. But they got something out of it. Yeah. What I, the fuck are these people getting I, out of it?
2: Like? I honestly don't know. Huh. I mean, you can you can see that they have that dedication to something. But I, I personally didn't want to take the time yeah. to learn.
0: Didn't someone try to recruit you?
2: Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was approached before I turned 18 to leave my family and everything behind and join them. I was like, I think I'm a little too educated for you guys.
0: Yeah. It's also kind of crazy, like. To roll up on somebody right before, <laughs> right before you turn 18. So that's saying like once you get emancipated pretty much, like once you turn 18, uh, how long do you think that plan was in the works? Do you think like
2: Probably. when you
0: look back, do you do you ever look at memories differently? Like, hmm,
2: definitely. the He whole... did look
0: at me a little while that one time. <laughs> like, oh, maybe that's what that was about. Like,
2: Yes, definitely. I mean, definitely the whole like them kind of having me and my best friend come learn how to do things. I mean, there were always mm, little,
0: you feel like, oh, mm,
2: there were always oh, little kids around.
0: Oh, like it wasn't just a nice thing. It, it wasn't just, like, just a, like a nice thing. Like, it yeah, was, like, we're priming
2: you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but I have,
0: family. oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good one. Like,
2: right. Exactly. Like, oh, wonderful. Here's the one female of the entire town. Let's talk to her about leaving. But I had fantastic parents who were like, "No, stop talking to our daughter."
0: So that's wild because, mm-hmm. again, it, this is that's wild. Mm-hmm. That's wild because you're in the same town. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. You might see this person at the fucking local fucking bakery or. <laughs> I don't know, at the farmer's market or some shit like that, but you know that they tried to take your daughter from you. <laughs> like, that's a wild society to be a part of. Like, what the fuck?
2: I don't think it ever got to, like, that intense of a, a moment.
0: I know, but, but that's, it, that's what's it, wild, is that right. it didn't. Mm-hmm. Because it could.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the respect that they gave... My mom, always, my parents like to tell the story about how when we were growing up, we didn't have central air. So we had all of our windows open, and mm-hmm. every Saturday night they would have their nice little worship playing drums till God knows when. And me and my brother, we wouldn't sleep, which when you have a five year old and a three year old, all you want them to do is sleep so that you can have, you know, at least a little bit of. A life when you're a parent, I guess. I don't know. I don't have an experience.
0: Were you ever, did you ever get to see any of the ceremony? No, no, just
2: heard it, Hmm. but we weren't sleeping. So my mom went and said, can you please cut it out? My kids aren't sleeping. And they said, we'll speak to your husband. And so my dad went with my mom and they said, wonderful, sir. And my dad looks and goes, you can speak with my wife. Which I think is one of the most badass moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That was the right way to do it. Oh, for sure. Oh, man. Okay. That's an interesting way to, yeah, to grow up. So, I mean, you know, not that your life was just enveloped in this, but...
2: There's definitely an aspect. It's a fun two truths and a lie. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> that works out well. And then the other thing I wanted to definitely talk to you about was you had told me about a trip that you went on. I think it was like some sort of mission trip that you mm-hmm. had went on recently.
2: Yes. I was in Honduras in oh, February. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. And, and what is that about? Is this like a church thing or?
2: It began as a church thing. So my parents, I could talk about them all the time. They're really cool. <laughs> They're wonderful. Um, but they started a nonprofit with people that we went to church with called partnership for clean water and education. And they partner with villages in Honduras that, well, they work, they work with a nonprofit in Honduras, who's our partner. And then we partner with villages that don't have access to clean water. And we do a lot of fundraising and we send a lot of funds and we empower the village to create a water committee. And then they have to work to ensure that they'll have the water at their house. So it's taking that ownership and not just giving, mm. um, which I think is a really good differentiation between volunteering and like voluntourism where you just kind of give and then disappear and you inflate. So it's a really great balance. But Mm. we worked with this village that the
0: inflate part.
2: Yes. So one of the big issues with volunteering and like voluntourism is that you go to this very like poverish area and you put all of this money into the economy and then you leave. So there's this inflation that happens to this area because everyone has this extra money that the people actually living there can't afford it once everyone's left. Yeah. So it just actually sets them up for a little bit more failure than it does good. Wow. So to have that aspect of this nonprofit to empower the village, empower the people that live there to take ownership is just like that. It's just really nice. And so I went for a week in February and we dug trenches and I worked a lot of with, with the school children. I met one of the coolest human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Who is that person? Um, Her name is, oh, Zari. <laughs> Zuni. Oh, Zuni. Zuni. Uh, Miss Zuni. So she is 13 years old. She teaches kindergarten because they could not send a teacher for all of the kindergartners. And so Monday through Friday, she teaches kindergarten, and then uh, Saturday and Sunday, she rides her horse into town so that she can go to university and get her own education.
0: Who? What do you? What did you just say to me? You said she was thirteen.
2: Mm-hmm, thirteen teaching uh, kindergarten. <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: And she rides a horse into town to go to university.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, university is equivalent to our high school, but. Yes, she is a very impressive young woman who just, I mean, so much love in her heart. And we are, we sitting there and she took me and a few of us back to her home and immediately greeted, like she went and got the two cold Cokes out of their fridge and got a bag of chips for me and the person we were visiting with. And she just was a giver. And just, you can see this big heart of this human being who's just wonderful and She's just so impressive, just such an impressive young woman who's gonna be so successful in life.
0: Holy shit.
2: Yeah, holy shit, indeed.
0: Just imagine that human at like age 30, like,
1: mm-hmm. what the
0: fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? 13 years old, teaching kindergarten. Holy shit. That is insane.
2: Can you imagine being 13 and having that type of responsibility?
0: Someone had told me a story recently about a plane crash that had happened, and the only people to survive were were like the children, and it was like three oh, of my. the. It was like three of them, I believe, and I believe the eldest one had to take care of the ones underneath. But it was like the ages were like 13 like eight and five or oh, some wow. shit like that. Yeah. And they were in the jungle for over a month until they were found and rescued.
2: Oh my God. And
0: they fucking, they, they, they fucking made it. T- The eldest held the shit together. And it's like the story that you have to tell after that, like the, the human being that you became at that age mm-hmm. and like who you're going to continue to become because of this, this unparalleled experience that you went through. That's what I'm thinking of with this young lady. It's like, who are you gonna? What? 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 Mm-hmm. what? Wow. So, how does it feel to be down there doing digging trenches, trying to? What? what are you doing as far as the teaching goes?
2: So, I um, I sat in and we helped kind of clean up the the school. Um, and then we hung out a lot with the kids when they were on their recess oh, and nice. just kind of interacting with them. We brought
0: What do um, they do for recess?
2: They have a swing set and um, they play a lot of soccer. Mm-hmm. The soccer is a very big aspect down um, in Honduras. And so they usually go down to their soccer field um, and play during uh, their recess or when the parents are taking a break from work. And so it was a lot of just, like, I brought a bunch of bubbles. So we did a lot of bubbles, playing music, yeah. dancing around, just kind of having fun. That, um, And then uh, we also brought a bunch of lacrosse stuff. So one of the families mm-hmm. that we travel with, they are big lacrosse players. And so they do a drive every year where they get lacrosse sticks, balls, nets, jerseys from uh, Loudoun County. We just get all these lovely donations so we do little. Um, we teach them how. Not me. I, I'm not. I'm not a sporty person. But these two fantastic young women. They teach the kids how to play lacrosse. So by the end of the week, they're having matches, and all of these kids. You give them the stick, and you show them. You know, flip it upside down. All of this, and you come back the next day, and they've perfected
0: it. I could imagine yeah i could imagine like you just gave me a whole new idea like i didn't mm-hmm. even know i could do this i didn't exactly. even know that this was a thing
2: it's all about empowering
0: it's like how many of those new things do they come across you know no. so so right. i could imagine it being like oh shit like i'm <laughs> gonna be the first one and like you and your friends are just trying to take turns with how many lacrosse sticks did you have you know
2: uh we probably brought between like 25
0: and 30. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I think every kid in the village got one.
0: Oh, man. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: So the, the fun thing is, is that with this nonprofit, next February when we go, we will go back and visit this village. Oh, and we'll see wow. what the progress looks like. We'll get to see everyone. Wow. Um, Zuni and I, we talk probably about once a week just oh, so that I can check in with her and just see how things so are going.
1: Damn.
2: Um, and so when... I go back in February, I'll get to see her and just kind of hear about what's been going on and just going and seeing that, what everything has come to, which is just, I'm very, very, very fortunate to be able to help. And I think it's just something everyone should be able to have the opportunity to do.
0: Wow. What a profound experience. Mm -hmm. That's very, very cool. And how old are you?
2: I am 25, yeah. but my first big mission trip um actually I turned 21 when I was in Nepal for a mission trip that mm-hmm. I did with a nonprofit in college.
0: I'm an idiot. Where's is Nepal?
2: Nepal is the left shoulder of India.
0: Left shoulder of India. Gotcha.
2: Nope. Right shoulder of India.
0: Right shoulder <laughs> of India. Gotcha.
2: And um, so it's right between India and China, and so we. We're there and we worked with a village also with clean water. And so that was very, very cool. And just...
0: Do you know what that native language is in Nepal? Nepalese. Oh, Nepalese. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool.
2: Yep. Uh, I, I used to have like a few phrases that I remember from the trip, but after all the years, I don't remember anymore, unfortunately. So
0: what was the first one for you like?
2: Going to Nepal was earth shattering. I felt like my perspective of the world was a glass wall that someone took a baseball to. Mm-hmm. I met the most gracious human beings. And when we live here where we have things just at the snap of our finger, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And so I remember sitting in this village where we went to this. Um, she's the, the mother of the village. She was the oldest woman there. Um, I think she was probably in her 80s. And she went and she uh, picked all of this fresh fruit for us. And we were there and she were eating it. And I'm collecting all the little shells in my hand because, you know, I don't want to make a mess. Mm -hmm. But the thing for them is that they want us to make a mess so that they can clean up after us because that's how they show their thanks. Mm -hmm. And just having these people who work so hard for something that we were born with is just i I came back and was so just shocked mm-hmm. about the things that people get upset about, the things that people take for granted. and um I like I said, I'm just really fortunate that I've had the opportunity to help people. and I think that I'm a much better, much gracious, a much more gracious person, yeah um, now that I've done those experiences.
0: <sighs> uh <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you, j- you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But when you, man, I-, I really, really love soulful things. You know, I like, I like intellectuals a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I like people breaking down concepts and ideas in a very fascinating you know, very articulately alluring way. But something else I like is just like very, very just down to earth, just very simple, soulful, um, just ever prevalent sort of feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, you are around good people, just, just very, you know, salt of the earth, just. We talked about it yesterday, actually during the pod. Just you—you you know that when you're talking to them, you're not playing any games. Like there's no, there's nothing in between us that we have to try to like fight past. Mm-hmm. Like those people, that's always just really, really, really nice. I agree. You know, it just seems like home immediately.
2: What do you do to feed your soul?
0: This is one of them. Yeah. Um, because as you're speaking about traveling. That's been one of the best ways I think I've been able to um, create an analogy for what I feel when I have these conversations with people mm-hmm. because I allow myself to, to open up to other people's perspectives and the words and their ideas and their mind. I feel like I get to travel every time I have a nice conversation with someone because I just, I'm just hearing all these things, and I get to live – you know, vicariously through you. Now, is it like me being in Nepal? No, absolutely <laughs> not. But I get the closest thing that I'm going to get, you know, right. as to understanding in terms of understanding your experience and trying to trying to live and breathe it. And, uh, and that's what's wild about it is just the fact that even just in doing that, it makes an impression upon me. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes me start talking about shit, feeling warm and homey, you know, like that's that's the overall essence that I got from what you just said. Just good, gracious people, you know, that's really, really nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, man, you you're yeah, you've um, you have done some really cool shit. I think so. You've done some really cool shit. It's very important for people to do things that continue to open their mind up, you know, and. That, that <laughs> glass shattering, you know, world shattering moment that you had. Um, those are valuable.
2: Absolutely. Those are so
0: valuable because it's so easy to get caught in a small prism, a small glass prism. And like that's all you ever know. And it's just reflections of the same thing everywhere. And you're just seeing the same shit. You're just hearing the same shit over and over. And you, you gain no perspective. Right. You just stay there. That's terrible. Mm hmm. So I'm glad that, you, you know, you do these things. And, and also, you're the first person to ever bring me, like will, to the podcast, a piece of art. So yeah. thank you for that. So you're Absolutely. also in this creative wave that, by the way, was low key until I just said it. <laughs> um, w- tell me about that. Doing art? Yeah. Just anything. Yeah. Any so of that.
2: Um, I have grown to love art as I have grown to love myself. So the when I first began doing art, I was like in this mindset of everything has to be perfect. So I'm sitting there with the intricate lines and I'm sitting there. That's not how the sun looks. That's ah. not how a tree looks. And so I ended up doing this. It's like a you fill up a cup and you um, fill it up with all of these different paint colors and you take the canvas and you flip it over. When you pull the paint cup up, you have the ability to move the paint around you can use a straw to kind of expose these underlying colors. And I did this one, the very first one I did, and it just, it opened up something inside of me. I was like, this is imperfect perfection. Mm. And it made me feel really good. And it made my brain nice and quiet.
0: Oh, wow.
2: And so from there, I started doing more of those paintings. Um I started doing... um I taught myself how to play piano in high school. So I started bringing the piano back and trying to learn different tunes. And then uh, more recently I started crocheting, <laughs> uh, but getting down and like, just like putting on an audiobook and painting and just kind of being with myself is just so nice.
0: Yeah. Is that like your favorite thing to do these days?
2: These days I'm uh I'm more crocheting just so that um I can kind of work on building that skill. Mm. But I did just buy a new paint by number so I'm very excited about that.
0: <laughs> How large is the book like?
2: Um so it's just one um one big thing, oh. but it's probably the size of that.
0: Oh. Okay, and what are you going to do? Like acrylics? Are you going to do like watercolors?
2: It came with a specific little paints. Okay. So uh, I think they're just acrylic paints, yeah. but it's a frog. I'm very excited. <laughs> He's the cutest little frog.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. I used to try, I mean, I used to try to do a bunch of things. I was always trying to creatively find something. I did photography for a little while um, back when I had. Access to a, what is it called? A dark room back mm-hmm. in high school. I did, you know, fine arts, like paint, um, acrylics, watercolors, Japanese brush painting.
2: Ooh, what's that?
0: Shit is difficult. <laughs> That's what the fuck it is. If, I mean, if you've ever gone anywhere and there's been like Asian style, like you see a couple samurais and a cherry blossom tree, it's, it's sort of that style. It's uh, very, very thin brush strokes um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. Like fucking calligraphy is difficult. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, played guitar for a while. Ooh. Yeah. Like I was always trying to, and I, I did drawings too. Like I try, I always tried to do something, but none of those things, guitar, I got pretty good at. Um,
2: when was the last time you played?
0: Oh, it was a while ago, like
2: years. Mm. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Like years. Um, but I used to play open mic nights and shit. Like I used to go to this place called Zab Thai restaurant that Ooh. was on the corner, like by my house. And I started like, there was a little community in there, like a little fucking open mic night community where a bunch of same musicians would go there. And I started playing a lot of guitar in there, electric guitar, like blues shit. That's and, then, so cool. and then just like some cool acoustic stuff. And yeah, that's hilarious. That was a, that was a, a chapter <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah, but it, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to try some of them again, but this, uh, essence of it quieting your mind is, mm-hmm. is what's funny to me. That's good.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's
0: good. Is that like the, the thing that you have that does that? Is that why you do it?
2: No, I think it's just a nice little perk.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, I'm a big movie person, so I'll crochet and watch movies. And- what are you watching? Uh, I'm a big dodgeball fan.
0: Oh, you mean like the old Ben Stiller movies? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, so how many times are you watching the movie?
2: Oh, I've probably <laughs> I've seen th- I've seen that movie a lot of times.
1: <laughs> um, Do
0: you watch anything current, like any current shows or anything like that? Like Black Mirror's um, out. The Witcher came out with a new season. I'm I'm a Witcher fan.
2: So I've not actually been streaming a lot. Oh, okay, because of the um. Because Netflix is just, and it's Netflix is like kicking people off. And then on top of that, just like,
0: okay, there's
2: the riots and the the big strike
0: going on. Okay, okay. I don't know. I've, this is the third time now Mm -hmm. that this has been brought up in my vicinity. And I have not either asked the question or been around people that I really thought had the answer. Um, Do you know what is going what is going on because you're not streaming so you mm-hmm. must know something.
2: So what I'm aware of and I don't I unfortunately don't have the exact or a lot of information regarding it, but I am a big Gilmore girls fan and okay. Lauren Graham who plays Lorelai Gilmore was talking about how she got a paycheck from Netflix for I think $250. For the streaming of Gilmore Girls. Which I.
0: Whoa. How can that be right?
2: Right. Exactly. I probably stream that show twice a year.
0: $250.
2: And. And for me. Getting
0: a check from Netflix. For $250. (laughs) Is fucking wild.
2: Right. (laughs) And for me. I love these shows. And I love these actors. And they bring me joy. And if they're not going to be paid correctly they're no longer going to be bringing people joy who enjoy movies enjoy tv and so that's honestly about all i know i just know that writers began um Mm. their strike first before the actors joined um because writers weren't getting paid and it's all of these big corporate i think the president of disney just came out saying i don't understand why people want more money though he gets billions of dollars from uh,
1: so Disney this Plus. is
0: so this is something so they're going on strike from just all streaming platforms right now saying that they're not like there's something wrong with the the algorithms mm-hmm. the numbers that they're cranking out and there's no way that the the amount of streaming that they're actually doing I've heard about this in music mm-hmm. that there's no way that because you have to get the information of how many streams everything is getting and exactly what that is worth Right. Like what, like what, how much is a stream worth? Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people know the answer to that question. So I don't know if they, if people understand their contracts or whatever the fuck the case is, but, um, $250 is a wild check. Mm -hmm. It's a wild check. Um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know how that stuff goes, but if as a collective, they feel like You know, people aren't going to the movies anymore. Like, I mean, people go, I mean, people go, right? Like they're still open. You Mm -hmm. can go, but it's not like it was right before Netflix and all that. So I guess the thing is, well, if we have to go off of these streams, like that's the only way we can make money. Analogous to music, how it used to be selling CD copies. Mm -hmm. Now it's streams. It's like, okay, well, if we're going into the stream world, then we have to figure out the, the game. The rules have changed now. Now we have to figure out how we make money in the stream world. Right. So I guess, just me thinking off the top of my head, I guess that's what the strike is. I guess that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out, like, yeah. I yeah. think
2: they're just trying to get fair wages, which it feels so silly to talk about these millionaires who are trying to get fair wages when we have teachers and nurses and we have. First responders who aren't getting paid I just
0: heard of a fucking, because, you know, I don't know about none of this stuff. Uh Do you know about a guy named Mbappe? I I, do not. I think that's his name. I think I got it right. Okay. Mbappe. I'm going to go with that. Perfect. Soccer player. Mm -hmm. Don't know where he's from, but could possibly start playing in Saudi Arabia. He's getting, he's being offered a contract to play soccer for one year for $776 million. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, can you say that number again?
0: $776 million. Uh, there was like some Facebook thread that the guy was showing so me. So
2: frustrating. When
0: he told me that he was just showing me all the uh, the breakdowns, like $24 per second. You know, like, like those type of breakdowns.
2: That's insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, something crazy.
2: That... So much money.
0: It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Play soccer. But apparently. I mean, but, but people really, they really like soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really, really do. Those kids in Honduras yep. fucking love soccer.
2: Exactly. You
0: know, I get it. People would love to see people achieve the highest physical capabilities and then go at it. Mm hmm you just you're just like you're watching monsters just like <laughs> fly at each other and do all these wild things that you and your friends and family could never could right. never think about doing and they mm-hmm. do it at the highest level and it looks amazing and the sport keeps getting better and better and better and right. then there're rivalries and there they're gangs and it's us versus <laughs> them so now it's a real thing and you wear your jersey and you scream at the other people and you drink and you yep. throw shit at them from across the bar <laughs> and it's like a whole fucking thing man it is so he's going to get that and the teachers are not. I actually thought when, uh, when he told me this information, I was like, what does the highest professor get paid? Like the highest, highest right. professor, right? So you've got
2: like a doctorate and you're teaching at some Ivy League school. Boom,
0: exactly. 200, uh, I think it's like 296,000 for like the highest, highest, highest. That's like Harvard, Yale. It's like mm-hmm. one of those. Right. Um. And then if you're in the top 10 Ivy League schools or even 10 being Columbia, it could be like 176,000 to 200,000, something like that. But if you're not in that group of professors, yeah, it's not really it's not really going down for you Mm -hmm. like that, you know. But just the fact that like that, the highest, the the most brilliant professor (laughs) with the best ways of divulging information to young brains in the world. Right. Mm hmm gets $500,000 or $500 million less. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, it's, you're right. It's not even close because it's 200000 mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm talking about millions. Yeah. Jeez Louise. I had it fucked up for a second. <laughs> That's so wild, man. But- You know, I I sort of think about government in this way. Like, we get upset a lot of the time at things that are happening in this external realm, Mm -hmm. right? But it's nothing but a representation of what we are putting our attention to and our dollars to. So, you know, the fact that, you know, you're going to watch that keeping up with the Kardashians may have... Whatever the last season was, last finale may have more views than the the Senate uh, fucking press conference that came out the other day about the UFOs. Mm -hmm. Like that may very well have less views than the finale of the Last Kardashians. Maybe I don't know, but the fact that it's even that I can even have that conversation and even question it is crazy. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, if we like, we could. Just change things mm-hmm. like as people, we we really could. We could be like, w- let's let's have it. So our tax dollars go like where they need to go or, or where we would like them to go. Can look like, like can we vote on that, too? Mm-hmm. Can there be some sort of addendum where we can maybe we are. um. Because everyone may forget about, I don't know, uh, roads or some shit like that or toll roads. The, the Point being, what if there was a quota everyone had to fulfill on their taxes to certain, you know, certain things, certain allocations had to be made. You have to pay roads, you have to pay police officers, you have to pay firefighters. But then after that stuff, you could then choose where the rest of your money was going to go. Right. Like education or prison reform or whatever, the, whatever the case right. is, you know, that would make a whole lot more sense.
2: It
1: would. And, and,
0: I, it, and, and then that way people, you, you could, you could fix some, some educational issues. You could mm-hmm. help teachers get more money. But I feel like we would have to like sort of make that happen. Like say, well, we want them to get paid, right? You know, a, a, a higher fraction of what this soccer player is getting played over here. <laughs> just, just, a, just, just, a, you know, just something more.
2: Absolutely. I mean, they deserve it. Where, where would we be without our teachers? We, I mean, I would not be, I would not be sitting where I am without the guidance that I got from my teachers, whether that be elementary school, middle, high school, college. I mean, I wouldn't have the the knowledge or the background to be sitting in the position that I am at work, or knowing or having the opportunity to continue learning. And I mean, I I would probably not be very far without the teachers in my life.
0: I'm certain of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to like you said take on the sort of opportunities or participate in the opportunities that help you learn being conversations like this. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. even participate in a conversation like this, the way that you are, had you not gone through, you know, the rites of passage that these, <laughs> that these elders had for you as you're getting older. Do you remember any in particular that were like, Oh, you're a good one. Like you're a oh, really good educator.
2: Absolutely. what they teach? Uh, English. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mrs. Banasick, she okay. <laughs> taught sixth grade and eighth grade English. And she was my teacher for both years. And, um, School was never very easy for me. Okay. And um, I had this horrific sixth grade history teacher who just would, you know, very mean. And I would go and talk to her and she would just remind me about how smart I am. She would remind me about how capable I am. She would let me come and eat lunch in her classroom when I needed to. And she just kind of gave me this strength that I had the ability to learn that I was not what this other teacher was making myself to believe. Mm. And then I had her again in eighth grade, and it was just this revalidation of I am smart. And she completely changed the the thought process when I learn. And so, I mean, I owe so much to that woman. And then, um, yeah, I think Eng- English teachers are just really – Genuinely great human beings, I that, always think. That, that, was,
0: that was my understanding. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I always liked my English teachers. Me too. Now, I liked English as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think I did better in the class. And I was probably... Th- th- see, there may have been some more of that in it. that The fact that there was a huge subject that we had something in common about. So maybe I just liked them more. Like, I gravitated towards English teachers more. My Spanish teacher, my Spanish professor, I thought the same thing. Um, so it could just be like language arts, right? Sort of people for me. I, I always, always love that shit. Yeah, oh. I also
2: had a really great professor in college, who really believed in me and just, I mean, told me the sky was the limit. And she took me under her wing and gave me all of these great opportunities. And she was always there if I needed to talk about. The tests and um, that was one of the first classes that I truly felt very like smart in. Mm. And so just to have that support also from the professor who, I mean, she's just phenomenal. I think that I'm just fortunate to have gotten to experience those great teachers.
0: That's a wild feeling Mm -hmm. when you when you feel like you're smart for the first time, like you're capable for the first time. I think I remember that feeling. I, I don't know if I remember where it was or like what I was what I was doing no I know I do my dad was telling me that I was smart but he was telling me that I was being stupid (laughs) yeah he just kept telling me like the he was like the dumbest thing is just like a smart person just choosing to be dumb Mm -hmm. you know and he just and I because I know I hadn't remembered ever looking at myself as a smart person until that time so then when he said that, I was like, oh shit, like maybe like am I am I smart? Like what is he talking <laughs> about? You know. But that that is a very interesting moment to have where you feel like you finally do something aw- like awesomely. And you're right. like, whoa, I can do that? Mm-hmm. That's very cool.
2: And funny enough, it was a hospitality class. And so really? And now I'm here. So
0: Really? Mm-hmm. What what like what happened in a hospitality class that taught you that you were truly capable. I,
2: I loved to travel and I had traveled a lot prior to taking this course and I learned I could get paid to help other people travel. Mm. And I think it's just a really great aspect. And for me to then start learning about all of this information, I mean, it just came so easily to me. And I realized that I had that passion. I mean, I love helping people. Um, And I love being able to create experiences for people and hospitality allows me to do that. And so for her to set me up for success, it was just, you know, walked right, right on into the hospitality world, have not walked out since. What's
0: interesting is that you've been able to see it on such different, on such like stark, starkly different levels. Mm -hmm. But like you're, you're helping people get fresh water in like some education in their village. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're helping people that have all the money. Oh yeah. <laughs> that must, that's such a funny contrast. Um, I imagine I've heard of people, <laughs> I, I've heard of people living a certain life, like maybe being at war, right. And having a hard time coming home mm-hmm. simply because it's like a civilian life is weird. Once you've just been, on um, pins and needles for a long time with you and your fucking brigade out somewhere, you know, with fucking guns and yep. grenades and shit like that. <sniffs> Very different lifestyle.
2: There's there's actually something called the reentry problem or issue, mm-hmm. and it
0: journalists have this as well mm-hmm. when they go out and ca- capture these crazy, you know, emotionally heart-wrenching stories from other places, and then they just have Mm -hmm. to come back home and have Starbucks and, like, go back to regular life. Exactly. It's like, this is not the real world, or is it? Mm -hmm. Or is the other one the fake world? Like, what is going on? Like, how are both of these worlds existing at the same time?
2: Exactly. I mean, I went from somebody crying and hugging me because I had gotten, you know, their trench almost to their house, to someone saying... (laughs) the water's not scalding hot and i would like for an engineer to come take a look and i'm just holding my head just frustrated because yeah. i wish i just sometimes wish that these people had the opportunity i mean cuz i easily could be sitting in the same spot as them if i didn't have that guidance from my parents or that guidance from my church to volunteer and to realize that there are different things in the world, yeah. so it's definitely yeah. a very difficult thing to adjust from.
0: Yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, bathroom break?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, thank you. Oh, did eight, you hear
0: my head? Oh no, did it just crack?
2: Oh yeah, I'm a very, I'm a double jointed human being, so. I, oh,
0: um, there's just a lot of cracking going on. Yeah. Often. Does that help you stretch? And so stu- like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh, that's really yeah. nice. I mean, oh, yeah. you. Oh, wow. You need to put your thumb behind your hand on both Oh, on both hands.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's my party trick.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: That and I have a flat part of my head so I can balance a, a like a pint of beer. I got a lot of free beer in college for that.
0: <laughs> you can balance a pint of beer on the back of your head. Oh, wow! yeah, that's pretty good.
2: So I just, you know, <laughs> this is my little party trick.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. OK, that's pretty cool. And what do you got there? What's that?
2: Oh, nothing.
1: Nothing important.
0: <laughs> there was a guy because um, vaping had become such a such a phenomenon. It did. And then you started hearing shit like, oh, wait, it's not as, it's not as healthy as it was supposed to be, you know, in oh. that whole transition from tobacco. Yep. There was a guy I knew that was vaping heavily. Mm-hmm. And he was in the middle of class. He was in. Uh, now, this was a couple years ago, so I, I'm not, you know, not in school at the time, but he was in class. And he was supposed to be giving a speech about something. Mm -hmm. And when he started to talk, in the middle of him talking, his voice just cut out. And he couldn't force himself to talk anymore.
1: Holy shit.
0: And he's just in his mind like, I'm trying to speak, but I can't. Which is a terrifying thought. Yes. He then finds himself. I think he just leaves. Like he just sits down or something like that. And some for some reason or another, they just realize something's wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he finds himself having a seizure of sorts, uh, and he starts you know coughing up blood, and he and he's shaking, and he can't speak, and he he goes to the hospital,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then he he leaves the hospital. And it, I believe a couple of days later it happens again. Oh, God. And he goes back. Now, before he goes back, I'm talking to him about vaping and just like how much more prevalent it's been in his life and for how long. And he's like, listen, I'll tell you this. If they if I go into this doctor's office and they tell me that the issue is that like, I, I got I'm vaping. I got to quit vaping. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm not stopping. He was like, I'm not, I'm not putting this down.
2: Holy shit.
0: And I was just like, all right. I mean, you know, what are you going to say to a guy that's, that's like, I, I've been through the seizures. I was, ha- I was the one having them. It clearly wasn't bad enough to stop hitting right. this vape if they say the vape is the problem. I, I mean. Yeah, it gets deep.
2: That no thanks. I mean, so I, I smoked deep. for a while mm-hmm. and then I quit for like eight months. I was very proud of myself, very nice. Um,
0: eight months is quite a stretch. Qu-
2: eight months was quite a stretch, and then now I kind of limit it to like if I'm having a drink, mm-hmm. and um, and then well, I started limiting limiting it to that and then unfortunately it's just like kind of grown back
0: it's but, funny how things like pear are like that like, yeah like a cocktail and a cigarette uh, on on like patio seating mm-hmm. somewhere oh yeah with a fire
2: that sounds perfect some,
0: some music some soft music in the background
2: espresso martini
0: good company cocktail and a cocktail. cigarette. cocktail
2: Cocktail people do the
0: same thing with coffee and a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Cigarette might pop up a few times. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like there's just certain things for me, it was Adderall and cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but a lot of times, sometimes it's just like weed and a lot of bad food, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just there's sometimes a lot of the times it's not the one thing that's the issue, it's It's that it does that, it does so many other things, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all these fucking like, domino effects that come afterwards.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's like because nicotine's a stimulant and alcohol's a depressant, and so it it boosts yeah, the serotonin, so it like goes together. I guess.
0: Yeah. Then there's no way you're getting good, like proper sleep.
2: No, not right? at so all. So then
0: it so then it hits that. Mm-hmm. And then so you see, man, that's the thing. You see,
2: slippery slope.
0: You just gotta chill out.
2: Sleep is so important, though. I'm a strong believer in the eight hours.
0: Yeah, I noticed when you texted me, and was like, hey, listen, we might need to push this back because I, I, need, I need this sleep. Uh-huh. And I can't come on there if I'm not in the right state of mind.
2: Exactly. And then I got out earlier than I was planning. So
0: what do you like when you don't get that sleep? Like, what were you going to come on here and do? <laughs> <laughs> Who would What version of you would we have seen had you come with like minus two hours to sleep because two hours is, that's a, that's a hefty chunk. That's a noticeable that, that chunk. That is a
2: noticeable chunk. I think I would probably be the same. I, I mean, I'm just kind of bouncing off of your energy and you've got high energy. So it's like, it would be hard to sit here and be monotone no. and yeah, uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I mean, it's easy to just like, you know, bounce off. So
0: Is that normally what you do when you find yourself in, uh, because you, you have a lot going on. Like you really do like in your head, like in your experience, you have a lot Mm -hmm. going on. Um, and I wouldn't think that everyone would just assume this about you. Yeah. Right. Which means you're a very unassuming person, right?
1: So mysterious. Uh,
0: right. To some degree. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's one that's, I mean, I like those people. <laughs> because I just as you're talking to me, I'm just looking at you and I'm like, man, you really just have to open yourself up to people. Yep. Like, you just won't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You really won't. There's just, like, so much going on. There, like, all these little mysterious doors. And you can never. And that's what's really, really interesting about opening that up with someone is you'll have no idea where it can go. Mm -hmm. Like the first five things that they say, it's like, it's setting you up to think that they're one type of person. Right. But then there's this whole other life that they lived and these whole other set of things that they did. And you'll never have the, this is the most important, like beautiful part about it. You'll never have the time to know it all. Right. You'll never know, which means there'll always be a mystery. There'll always be something
2: just
1: for you,
0: interesting. And then the and then it's like, how do we get there? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we get to that place, that new place, you know, where like that un, that uncharted territory in our relationship and our understanding of one another? Right. I'm a thinker.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a thinker. I'm doing too much.
2: I I. I like to think of myself as a thinker. I'm a talker. I like to talk. I'm like a verbal thinker. So, like,
0: and also a listener.
2: Yes, that's
0: the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it. That's the only way. That's the only way to kind of do it. Well, it's I, like you have to be a good listener to really absorb.
2: I mean, I learned that from my parents. They're both therapists. Oh, fact. are
0: they really?
1: Yeah, they are. What? <laughs> yep. So. Having
0: two therapists as your parents in mm-hmm. the same home, are they just, were they employing things on you when you were very young that you didn't know that they were doing? Like, were they, how long have they been therapists?
2: They've been therapists my whole life. Um, and they own their own little business, their own business together. And, um. They probably did. I mean, when you're a therapist, you have to you're in that mindset. So it's hard to turn it off, I'm sure.
0: So when you look back, what sort of things do you feel like they were facilitating? Were you like, oh, yeah, like they were definitely trying to gear me up for this or they were trying to.
2: I think they really helped with like learning how to regulate emotions and like learning about how to like communicate.
0: Okay. Now, how did they go about regulating emotions? Like,
2: I think they just probably helped us feel like me and my brother just helped us feel the feelings we were feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Did they did they say those words to you like or Oh, I don't remember unfortunately. Uh,
2: I mean, I think that
0: But you know you've always felt like you felt comfortable in the space doing mm-hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep, that's that's one of the big things is that they made the house very comfortable. Just it's a very welcoming open conversation type home.
0: I remember I was talking to you one day about your, your family. <laughs> <laughs> and I was asking you like how you feel about them, how you feel about spending time around them, holidays and stuff like that. You're like, Oh, I love it. Like I love my family. Like, I can't, I can't wait to go back. And that's not always the response that yeah, you get. So when, so when you said that, I was like, Oh man, that's good for you. Like, yeah. that's great that you have that.
2: Yes, I'm very fortunate for that.
0: Some people don't know that until they make it for themselves, mm-hmm. which is also very, very nice.
2: Oh, absolutely! To
0: create your first,
2: well,
0: I don't want to say your first, but the home that you that you would build for yourself, right? Right. It was one thing to have gratitude for a home that someone else built for you and be able to pay homage to that and say, "You guys did a fantastic job," but then to come back and build your own home just the way that you would have it that space. Yeah, that's beautiful. But I'm glad that you had that.
2: Mm-hmm. Very fortunate. Do you have any siblings?
0: I do. I have I have two older brothers, two younger sisters.
2: Middle child.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> and I sure did shit for attention. <laughs> oh boy did I. It tracks. Yeah man. Yeah it does. Um, my eldest brother, he went through the foster care system. He was, uh, he's the son of my mother, but him and I share different fathers. Then the brother right below him, him and I have the same mom and dad, the sister right below me. We have the same mom, but not the same dad. And Mm -hmm. then the sister below her. The same dad, not the same mom. So that would be the stepmom. So that's Mm -hmm. the so Alexis, the youngest one, is uh, the product of the stepmom, the mom that I've known pretty much. Um yeah, wild, wild times.
2: Absolutely. Do you all get along?
0: Well I know. <laughs> it's like wild, like these questions are wild. Take trying to get into it. Oh, the sorry. no, no, no. These are great questions. <laughs> okay. I know I love that you're asking these questions. Uh, I just never have to explain this. No one ever asked me these questions. Oh, um, I don't know my eldest brother that well, but the last time we spoke, it was very, very weird. Like he reached out to me, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I was there for it because I'm always there. So I'm like, okay, cool. What's up? But then he's very, like, very short with his responses. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Like, that's fine, dude. (laughs) Like, whatever. So we don't really have a relationship. Um, I believe now he would be like 36. If I'm 32, no, he'd be 38 because it's three and three and three. Yeah. Okay. So Julian's 35 right now. Um, And my Julian, same dad, same mom. Which is very different people. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been very money-oriented his whole life. Um, he's about the flashy lifestyle. He, okay. likes, he likes things like that. He likes nice things. Okay. Uh, and he works hard for it. And, and he's attained a lot of it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we just do things very differently. Like I'm, I'm sort of like the cliche hippie brother while Mm -hmm. he's just the other one, right? (laughs) Uh, So we just, we go about things very differently, but we love each other.
2: The important part.
0: Jade, she is the one right underneath me. So she would also be three years younger than me. So that means she's 29. Okay. My math skills are not the best. (laughs) Uh, So she's 29. Don't have a relationship with her. Last time I tried to reach out to her, it was on Instagram. Um. Well first it was when she was I heard she was living close by Like in Woodbridge oh, wow. And I was just like oh shit Because our whole life she had lived in Chicago It was like oh she lives in Woodbridge now Like I got word from that from the family So I tried to reach out And it was like hey what's going on Like I got her phone number Hey what's going on Um. She was short And then will like try to make a plan But then not like when the day is coming up Just kind of right. bail out hmm. I'm like okay um, cause I didn't necessarily grew up with her either. I probably should have said this earlier. The only one that I really grew up with was Julian, the one right above me. And then Alexis, of course, cause she came later on. Right. But my dad and my mom divorced like early on when I was like in like kindergarten.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so I don't have a relationship with her. Uh, I tried to hit her up on Instagram again. She like left me on red, which is hilarious. Oh no. Uh, and then and then there's Alexis, who actually does my TikTok videos for me. Aw. Yeah. I love her.
2: Very nice. Yeah,
0: she just graduated from uh, Northeastern this year. Northeastern. In Boston. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She just graduated. Thank you for
2: the location context. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, trust me. I wouldn't have fucking known either. I know. I'm just saying it now, but no.
2: Fantastic. Did she study?
0: She studied computer science.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Which she hates. Oh, no. Yeah. One of those things. She's a fucking computer science major. Fashion minor. Okay. So but she,
2: fashion's where the passion is? Boom. Okay.
0: You know, that you know how it goes. But she wanted to do something that would set her up and something my parents could probably get behind <laughs> if they were going to send her to college and they paid a ton of fucking money to do it. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Yeah. Super expensive. And is that's it a, a really private good school? school? It's like a really good school. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it's out of state.
0: And it's out of state.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I went out of no. Stage. It was a
0: beautiful school, but she hated it though. That's the thing. I don't know. She doesn't like computer science. She never did computer science before she went to that college. She just decided she was going to do it when she got into university. Oh, at okay. a high level, and just had to start learning Japanese pretty much. Oh God, because it's like it's right. its, own it's, lang- its own language. Yeah, it's like really, really is for people that have never seen right. Just like JavaScript, you know what I mean? Like, just, I don't fucking know what I'm looking at Mm -hmm. when I look at people code, but now she does. She has some idea of it. So another question is like, do you, like, what do you do with the rest of your life? Like, do Mm -hmm. you just do this thing that you hate doing that you spent so much money doing and (laughs) all these years studying? Or do you, you know, or maybe do you do that and then try to pivot into the fashion world with that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hopefully you try to do something like that.
2: Right. I mean, it's definitely going to set her up for good success. And
0: well, you're in hospitality. You studied that. How do you feel? How do you feel about your ascension? Like, How do you feel about your ultimate being in hospitality and
1: all that, pre- all that?
2: I'd say I'm feeling pretty good. I'm thoroughly enjoying myself.
0: Would you ever want to own something? you okay. Yeah,
2: I. Sorry.
0: <laughs> you got you just, excited. You, yes. <laughs> All right, go for it. Tell um,
2: me. I really want to own a boutique hotel. So like, Eight, tell me about it. eight rooms.
0: Okay. Oh, tell just, me about this. So like, where where are we? What's it look like? What's the weather like? Warm. Okay.
2: I did Montana. Like, it was cold. I want warm. Like
0: equator sort of warm. Like no. you wanna you wanna go.
2: I mean, I, when I think of my boutique hotel, I do think about the hotel I stayed at when we were in Honduras, mm. but, um, I, I think like eight bedrooms we can do a uh, breakfast and I think having it be so small, I can pr- still create those like personal relationships for sure. and then it would be nice to have a nice little property to go with it so that I can do events because doing weddings and helping stuff like that is also just something very interesting to me. I don't have much experience doing it, but it's very interesting to me. And, um, I, I think that it'd just be really fun to have that opportunity for the creativity of having my own place, figuring out, you know, what type of events do I want to have? Do I want to have a yoga class Saturday mornings? Do I want to have a masseuse that I can have on call do I
0: I need to ask you a question? Yes. As a future business owner,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would you be open to the idea of outside of any safety regulations go, would you be available to the idea of having your staff wear all comfortable shoe wear? Yes. I thought that you might. Absolutely. I thought, I thought that you might. I also. That's why you will win.
2: I also am not going to care whether or not you have a nose ring. I think that is one of the most annoying roles. I understand the like.
0: I, I know some things have to. I understand I mean, it, it's Etiquette is just an interesting thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're trying to understand why something is acceptable when it comes to fashion, when it comes to the, the expression of oneself through, right. through clothing, like that's an interesting one to try to to try to manage, you know, because I, I spoke to them about it the other day. It doesn't make sense to me that there are any jobs where people have to wear uncomfortable shoes, like right. un- unless. You're a construction worker and you need to wear the fucking Timberlands. You got to wear right. steel toe boots or whatever and get the fuck out there and work and with steel. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But out, that's why I said outside of the safety regulations part of it. Like why anyone wears uncomfortable shoes and is on their feet for right. hours, hours of the day. Like it, that seems like an archaic thought to me. Right. Yeah, And I just don't understand why we so do it like as humans. Like we all understand that we're humans. Pointed toes. We, we all we all understand like what feet are, what mm-hmm. they do for us like and how we treat them and what it does to us. Right. Like, so why are we playing this game with the shoes? Like Why are we playing the shoe game? I don't know. You know, isn't it very weird it that
2: we do that? I mean, we go through all the pain of, like, breaking in new shoes, and, like, we go through the pain of having pointed toes where your feet are just squished. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes why, no wh- sense. Why are
0: there these shoes that look like diamonds? I
2: don't know. Why I don't does,
0: know. No one's feet go in like that.
2: They don't. But people's feet, if you wear that type of shoe for so long, your oh, feet will begin oh, going like
0: that. Oh, oh, I know. I gotta show you a picture of my grandma's feet. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. They look like boomerangs. Oh, There's my God. <laughs> there, there is such a curve. I got such a good picture of it one day because she was coming down the steps of my parents' house and I pulled my phone out. I was like, Oh, I'm getting these shits today. Like, And I took a great photo. There's just the bunion created this shot Mm -hmm. out of the side of the foot just created this whole slant to where her her toes, like all of them were just going off to the right side. So it's just like a boomerang. It's (laughs) like a real diamond, her foot. It was insane to look at.
2: My great-grandmother, her feet were like curled up because of how small the shoes were for so long. It just... Right. See, man. What, why? Why? Like, we're, oh. Why? Why put yourself through the extra pain? What do we
0: look at now from the past and say, like, why did they, why were they doing that? Like, that's such a mm-hmm. stupid, like, what, what is one? What is something that we look at in the past now and say, I can't believe that they weren't doing this or that they were doing this? I would say some things with sanitation, if it weren't for the fact that you kind of had to invent things in order to be sanitary. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of something more that's just like an idea, just a stupid idea that didn't need to be done. (laughs) It was actually just less beneficial for everyone because my whole point about this is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't just help the human, like the individual. It does help that human the, the the way they feel about their whole body changes the level of performance that they're now able to accomplish at their work. Right. Right. Which then only makes the recipients of that performance feel better. better. So it's everything gets better. That's my thing. It's mm-hmm. like. W- this, this is not a bad idea. No, it's at not. At all. And I don't.
2: I mean, if I it's could the wear, gra- it's
0: a it's the greatest idea.
2: If I could wear comfortable shoes at the front desk when I stand there for eight hours straight, I mean, it would be fantastic. I and mean, we have these mats to, like, help Just, with the cushion.
0: I know those mats. Those mats are not good. They're no. not good.
2: They they look great. They do. They look great.
0: And, not, a, and not as soon help. as you step on them, maybe you would think, oh, maybe there's something to this. But in the long run, no.
2: Mm-mm. I need some Tempur-Pedic footwear.
0: It would change the world. I think so. It would change the world. I I, I don't know why I feel so passionately about this, (laughs) this, but just I know so many people that have back issues. Mm -hmm. I know so many people with these hip issues. I know so many people with like their feet are killing them.
1: Oh, absolutely! Right, like I
0: know these p I know these individuals. I work with some of Mm -hmm. them, right? And a lot of the time, their level of reliability is going to going to depend on how they feel this week, right? And a couple of them may not come if they don't feel good, and this is a direct link to how Mm -hmm. they feel on a day to day basis. Because they walk around on their feet. If everyone if we just us as humans just got over this dumbass idea (laughs) of cramming our feet in stupid ass shoes and we all just like let's just all wear comfortable shoes like everyone. We have the technology. We have it.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like there are fantastic feeling shoes out. Why aren't we all wearing them?
2: I don't know. I would sign your petition, though. We can start one <sighs> it's
0: so crazy to me. i right so i'm glad you as a future yes. business owner that you will employ this because that's all that's, Absolutely. that's really all i needed to know is that you would do that
2: oh of course me. i would too i i think that the individuality of being comfortable in yourself and which means being comfortable from head to toe then You get to be more of yourself, and then, I mean, it just makes it for a better experience. You don't want to talk to somebody who is grimacing in pain. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. I don't know. I mean, she was hurt. I mean, I'm I'm fully
0: in support. No, I know. It's it's gotten really, really bad for people. And if you ever get a foot massage... Mm -hmm. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's so, you can just feel such a release. I have this little, this little ball that I put on the ground with mm-hmm. spokes on it, like, rubber, sp- like little rubber spokes on the outside, and it vibrates. And I just rub my feet.
2: Oh, nice. And
0: apply pressure. It just, it feels like it gets, like, blood moving, like blood circulating. Absolutely. But it's also just a really nice massage.
2: Well, there's so many pressure uh, points down there that it just like it all it all links.
0: Well, that's the whole point is like when you get these massages, you feel such an unleash of mm-hmm. tension and pressure. It's like, oh god, it yep. would make sense that your the rest of your body would feel like shit if like you just don't take care of your feet. Exactly. I'm gonna start a feet movement. I'm. I just made it. I just made that up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. Okay. I'm gonna start a protect the feet movement because we're not thinking enough about our feet. We're just not.
2: I gotta tell you, I'm incredibly impressed by myself right now because we've talked about feet for this long. I hate feet. <laughs> I hate feet. I'm like,
0: you know what's funny?
2: Anti feet. I mean, I'm anti. I'm anti like feet. Pro take care of your feet.
0: I. I came up with an idea. Let's hear it. And it was called a chic feet. I kind of workshopped this with my family a little bit over one of the holidays. It's called Chic Feet. Chic Feet is a restaurant in which people walk around with sandals on. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? But they have to have pretty feet. It's kind of like a New Age version of Hooters. Okay. Right? (laughs) You know, cute people, cute feet. Um, And then you have some things on the menu that are kind of like feet related, like... I got Toe jam and peanut butter sandwich, you know, like mm-hmm. something, you know what I mean? <laughs> something, <Yeah. laughs> you know, something like that, like cornflakes and something else, you know, just a bunch of like fun little things like that. But there's a salon on the top level so you can get your feet done oh. and get little champagne and small orders and stuff like that as you wait on the table because we're going to be booked.
2: Oh, of course. We're going to be booked every week. So
0: we're, we're going gonna, gonna to be an hour wait for a lot of y'all. So you might as well go on upstairs to the second floor, get your feet done. You know what I mean? Get a little Mm -hmm. champagne. I'll send uh, all of
2: my clients there.
0: And I think the thing is, is that feet seem to be such a fetish. Mm -hmm. Such a fetish. I don't know why. Gabby came on the podcast. Yes. And she burped like a frog.
2: I saw that. I'm very impressed by her.
0: And that she got such engagement from that video mm-hmm. that someone reached out to her and asked her if she would burp if, if they could record her doing burping videos for money like they offered her money like she got a burping <laughs> gig from that video
2: <laughs> that's insane
0: <laughs> and I asked her I was like what price would you do it for and she was like I don't know man like <laughs> I don't know if I just want like my burps on some weird like you know like fetish site and I was like okay oh, that's exactly where they're mm-hmm. ending up or in his personal collection,
2: probably, <laughs> you know probably I mean? both. That's insane.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> People are bold. People are bold with their questions. It seemed.
0: It seemed. It seemed like a really nice guy who was in a suit. He had like a really nice, beautiful landscape behind him with a fountain shooting up, and it was oh. all green and shit, like a fairy tale. Okay. And he like looked really, really handsome, and and then it you know just said. Hey, uh, you know, I saw you on this podcast clip. I was just wondering if if you would uh, allow us to record you and, you know, for, for for money, like burping. Um, you know, reach out if you're if you're interested and like it seemed it seemed like the nicest way of doing right. it. You know, he wasn't bombing no. uh, with Sounded a bunch of polite. with a bunch of compliments and weird shit. It was just like, "Hey, this is what it is."
2: Very direct,
1: to the like, point.
0: Reach out if you want. <laughs> What? You can do all sorts of shit in this world, man. Yep. Oh you yeah. Know? You can do all sorts of shit in this world. That's I did not I didn't I didn't know that was a fetish until I posted that video. Mm-hmm. And then it like got a bunch of traction and I was like, whoa. Like people really like cute chicks burping. <laughs> like it's a it's a, <laughs> it's thing. a
1: thing.
2: Who would have thought?
0: Yeah, but every time I hear about some like some weird fetish, I'm like, I would have thought that. Like anything, just think of something. You know that's so really mm-hmm. all you have to do. Right. Is just think of something.
2: And there's somebody on this earth that
0: doorknobs, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you don't even see, you've never even seen it, but just thinking, what could a person do with a doorknob? And then your mind, you you know, your mind just starts going places. Yeah. There's all sorts of shit. It's a big world out there. Indeed. <laughs> so what would you wait? Don't you? are not you supposed to be? Do you, you have work today? <laughs> no, I'm off today. Oh, okay. I could have swore that we, we had like some sort of crunch time going because you had work. No. Oh, so what would you be doing then if I like, not hear? Yeah. Um. It's a Thursday. Thursday morning. What would you do? It's a
2: Thursday morning. I most It was slow
0: be... out there. Did you get that vibe? Yes. It very just hazy. Very, yeah, just very hazy, very slow. Mm-hmm.
2: It's was very hazy last night, too. Mm. The moon has been popping off recently, by the way.
0: What do you so, mean popping off? What's, <laughs> what's going on with the moon? Oh,
2: the moon has been looking gorgeous. <laughs> it has
0: been popping off. It's yeah. Crazy. Okay.
2: It's been orange and just really... When you leave work at 11 p.m., you see the <laughs> yeah, moon Yeah, see,
0: that's the thing. I really be sleeping before mm-hmm. all of that happens. I get to sleeping before all of it, the yeah. before the moon is the highest in the sky and all bright and all that, yeah.
2: Right. I would probably be reading. Probably reading with my cat. Hanging out.
0: Reading with your cat. hmm What do you read?
2: I am reading Wild, which is an autobiography about a woman who hikes the PCP Trail. I don't know what that is. Pacific crest oh. trail it goes from mexico to washington
0: yeah jacob is doing that from gold cup i know Oh, the cool. other bartender
2: that's very yeah he, t- yeah
0: he talked to me about it the other day he's already like getting it ready he's gonna do it next april
2: oh that's so cool i
0: know i was like holy shit
2: that that is
0: like that's wild preparation because i know that you have to have The direct correspondence of the places that you're going to be Mm -hmm. on certain dates so that you get new packages, new shoes, clothes, whatever it is that you need in order to continue on to the next place. And That's a a hell of an undertaking.
2: Absolutely. That's
0: like one of those adventures where you're trying to find.
2: Find yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's essentially the premise of this book so far. Um, I'm a big autobiography person, so I um, am thoroughly enjoying it.
0: Why do you like autobiographies? Like,
2: I just like learning about people.
0: But you like it from like you like them telling that story mm-hmm. though.
2: There's just uh, You
0: there's... like novels? I do. Mm-hmm. And what do you like? Like, what's your point of view or?
2: Um. Well, sure? I guess what do you mean by novels? Just well, like my favorite type of book to read, or? Well,
0: no, like when I say, um, I'm sorry, I, I mean fiction.
2: Oh, fiction. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes,
0: I mean fiction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I, and I and then I also meant the point of view of that, like first person, um, you know, like a narrator, third person, omniscient type mm-hmm. of deal. Like what? Like what do you?
1: Doesn't matter. I don't think
2: it really matters for me. Just as long as the story is just moving. Or, I or get, you do know,
0: like slow starting.
2: No, I gotta stories. I got to get into it. But usually I can kind of, depending if I'm like really looking forward to reading a book or not, I can usually get through that aspect, and then I just push through. Mm. I just finished a trilogy, um, mm. and so that's so I'm now what are, reading. What is that? Uh, it was Me Before You, which it got turned into a movie, but they are three. Um, it's a series about this girl named Louisa Clark, and she takes care of... Um, a gentleman who is paralyzed and they fall madly in love. Of
0: course.
2: And then it's just like her life story afterwards.
0: That's so, so. fun. So funny. We love these stories.
2: Absolutely. I started reading it while I was at the beach. So it was a good beach read. And then I found out there were sequels. So I had to read those.
0: What are you, what are you mostly into reading these um, these days?
2: The autobiographies. So like uh, Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Um educated by tara westover um those are two of my favorite books
0: okay
1: yeah
2: what do you like to read
0: well i mean i i that's the thing i like books Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and some sometimes i'm crazy for them and i'm constantly reading yeah sometimes there's a year that goes by where i read like 60 something books you know and then there's another one where i've read like one or two it's very fascinating
2: do you have to have, do you feel like you need to be in a certain mindset or like a certain place to get into reading?
0: Yeah, it usually seems like I'm in a deep like search for something mm-hmm. when I'm reading a lot. Okay. And like when I realize that I'm not, I'm not reading a lot, like, I'm really, I'm really just chilling. You know, I'm not, I don't really feel like I'm on the search. Okay. You know? Feel like I'm just existing, which feels really, really nice. Absolutely. So I haven't been reading for a long time. I was given a book yesterday though, so I might need to crack that open.
2: And what book was this?
0: I think it's called The Narrative. Uh, and I forgot, and I do not know the person's name. But it's one of those like sort of existentialism, okay, to a a think well, wellness type of book. Yeah, for sure. Luca gave it to me.
2: Oh, perfect.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be intense for sure. Uh, And then I also have this dieting book that I need to get back into just to learn some more basics about what the body is and Mm -hmm. and what it does. Because there was just so much shit I did not know. Just like basic stuff that people don't know about their body and the way that all the organs work together and how to... Be the best sort of human that you can be right? With, with today's knowledge of it all.
2: Which there is a lot of knowledge on it. Oh, the wellness. Um.
0: I know. But then like the next thing comes out and debunks the last thing. Mm-hmm. And then so it all just doesn't. You just kind of got to do the best you can. Just drink a lot of water. Exactly. <laughs> I think that one's good.
2: I think that one's good, too.
0: Yeah. So I, I at least do that. Um, yeah. So I'm not. I am listening to an audio book. As well, called "Bullshit Jobs," which is a really, really fun. It's a fun book. Nice. It's an enlightening book. It just talks about all the different professions. It's something like thirty-seven percent of Americans that took this um, survey said that they felt like their jobs were bullshit. They were meaningless, and that if they were wiped off the face of the planet, like n- virtually nothing would change.
2: Mm, it's a wonderful life moment.
0: And uh, yeah, it's just. It's just wild to think that that many people feel that way about their jobs. Um, And that a lot of them are just consciously at work doing something they know. Like when you're working in fucking Honduras or you're in Nepal, that shit probably feels great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you're there and you're looking at other human beings and you're connecting and you're seeing what you're doing be directly connected to their quality of life right Mm -hmm. that's a that's a fucking deep thing right but when you're just at work and you're reading some report that someone sent to you and then you're supposed to like write a report about that report and then file both of those reports into some file that no one's ever gonna fucking read and that's what you go to work and do every day just some weird shit like that
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what am I doing? Like, what is my existence? Why am I just moving these files from here to there? And like, no one ever sees them. Like, I know it.
2: Right. Point A to point B.
0: There, There's so many jobs like that. The most interesting one was when they were talking about jobs that are, that are held by someone that you don't want to be held by. Because that person is either incompetent. Or they're they're lazy. They shouldn't be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what you have to do is you have to create another job for someone else, and with correct verbiage, create a job that facilitates that other person's job, right? Mm-hmm. And also teaches that other person that already has that that big title that we don't want them to have, how to do like some extracurricular shit that is like really not facilitating anything. Right. So that you can you can plug somebody in where you really want them to be, but it's really difficult to fire this person for whatever reason. They could be one of the protected classes of people or whatever the case is. So you just give them a bullshit job. Right. You just move them down, give them a bullshit job, and it's this other person's job to To teach this person how to do this bullshit job and make them believe that it's actually a job that matters, Mm -hmm. you know, to make make them feel good. It's like a weird, weird, like, bullshit cycle.
1: That's very odd.
0: Like, you're bringing someone on to be a bullshitter, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. You have to bullshit this other person into believing that their job that they're about to start doing actually means something. Right,
2: actually matters. And, like,
0: that's the beginning of them working. And it's just, like, just a bunch of bullshit, just... Yep. Yeah, yeah, weird stuff. So that's an interesting, interesting audiobook to listen to. I, and it's my first audio book.
2: Oh, it is?
0: Yeah, I've never listened to one before. Okay. It's a different way of trying to take in information. Absolutely. For sure. I don't think it's as easy for me. Absolutely. I, um, if I'm looking at a book, I can stop whenever I want to. If I'm reading an audiobook, I can stop whenever I want to, but it, it's something about the Pausing of someone's voice over and over again to try to think of a concept or think of something, oh, a, as mm-hmm. opposed to just stop reading the words on a page. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's the a transitions whole, easier. Yeah, transitions much easier. So it's definitely a different thing. You got to really be fucking minding your p's and q's when you're listening to an audiobook. For me,
2: mm-hmm. I when I would drive to college because it's about a six and a half hour drive from here. Um, I would listen to Harry Potter, and so.
0: Oh shit, that's crazy! Yeah, I know J.K. didn't sit down and do them damn. Yeah, nope. no, too rich for that.
2: Too, way too rich for that.
0: Get somebody else to do that shit. Um, that's a lot of pay. That's a lot of words.
2: Mm-hmm. And this guy does. I wonder what voices. that person got paid. Probably a lot.
0: I should look that up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. He all lot. these voices and it's just Did it's you very listen nice. to
0: all of them? Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Oh, I've done yeah, I've done that multiple times.
0: You've listened to all of them multiple times? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. What's a collective sort of first of all, because audiobooks takes that's another thing. No. Do you think you read faster than you than like an audiobook? Because audiobook would tell you some mm-hmm. shit like, oh, 13 hours running time or 14 hours. Do you think you could you would collectively read it quicker than that? Or
2: I don't know, but now I'm kind of intrigued.
0: Cause that's a, yeah, because that's a lot of time mm-hmm. stacked on one another. Right. All the fucking Harry Potter books, multiple times. Aren't there like seven of those bitches? Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. It was, it's good. I mean, it was, I did a lot of driving back and forth, so it did, it did me good for the holidays and the random weekends and stuff.
0: I will show you the Hogwarts game if you haven't seen it.
2: You have the Hogwarts game? Yes, I do. What's your Hogwarts house?
0: Um, Ravenclaw.
2: Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> and proud to be one.
0: <laughs> okay, I've never gotten this deep into the, into the Harry Potter, Harry world. Potter I've never, world. Yeah, I've never been questioned about my house. Uh, yeah, Ravenclaw. Um, puzzles. Love puzzles. Yeah. Love figuring, love figuring shit out. Yeah.
2: Very nice. Do you like Sudoku?
0: Never played, never played. I don't even know how the game works. The I do like crossword puzzles.
2: Okay. Nice. I
0: like the dumb things. No, I like chess. The dumb I like chess.
2: Ooh. I Queen's Gambit came out on Netflix <sighs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to learn chess." There was a
0: huge boom. There was. in, in the chess way. I
2: did not learn how to play chess. No. no.
0: Not even the basics.
2: My roommate at the time he taught me how to play a few different times, but it just never clicked. No, and then I used the online app, but just mm. didn't click.
0: You play checkers? Hmm. Uh, okay. Chinese checkers?
2: I have. I would have to probably be reminded the rules, but I have played Chinese checkers.
0: Connect four.
2: I, I do enjoy a good co- game of Connect Four.
0: Okay, Scrabble.
2: Oh, I can't spell very well. I mean, <laughs> I.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, what was going on? But you had an English teachers as best friends your whole life. Uh-huh. What happened?
2: It's just <laughs> a, a fun quirk of mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, I can't mean, spell I can, very well.
2: I can spell, but autocorrect is my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like scrabble words are usually three to five letter. Like very yeah. rarely are somebody putting together a seven letter word, you know what I mean? Very true. In a very yeah. Yeah. Like no one you're in a very high level game if you see cavern <laughs> put down and the V was on like a triple word <laughs> score, like wow. Like, no, like that's not usually happening.
2: Yeah, I'm a big card game person.
0: Taboo. I, oh wait, not that type of card game.
2: I'm. I don't think I've played taboo. Oh, fun. I'm, I'm from like. I'm familiar with the game, but I don't think I've played. Very fun. I'm more of like a phase ten, Uno.
0: Okay, I know of Uno.
2: Deck of cards.
0: Not deck of cards. I was just like a.
2: Deck. <laughs> like any game you can play with a deck of cards.
0: Cause I like, never heard of deck of cards. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Taboo. It's a game. It's so much fun. I love these games. Uh, so say you and I are on the same team. Mm-hmm. I pick up a card. There's a word at the top of the card. I need you. I need to get you to say this word. Okay. There are also a list of words underneath that word that I cannot use oh, in, to, in order to get you to say that word. Okay. And a lot of those words are clearly like the first words you would think of. So mm-hmm. you have to try to creatively get you to say these words. And so every time um, and every time I say one of the words listed under the word that I'm not supposed to, there's also someone from the other team right next to me mm-hmm. with a buzzer and they buzz it every time you say it, like to, you know, sort of scare oh, you and make sure okay. that you don't say those words. Uh, yeah, and you just try to get through as many of those cards as possible, and you have two teams.
2: That sounds like a f- lot of fun. That's taboo. That's taboo.
0: Gestures is mine. Charades. Okay. I love charades. Okay. It's so much fun Absolutely. to get up and, like, have to act something out in front of another team. That's so much fun for me. That was my family's <laughs> game, Gestures.
2: Very nice.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so what are you playing? You're playing, like, blackjack. You're playing poker. You play poker?
2: Texas Hold'em.
0: Oh, I don't know how to play that.
2: Um, I haven't played in a while. But it's more of the... Um, my family plays this game called Maui Maui, which okay. is a very intense game that I usually sit out on because it's just very quick-paced and fun stuff like that. But they play that. Um, and then Phase 10 is just what we play as a family.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your game's... <sighs> Games are fun, man. I there was a lot of time I spent away from games. Mm-hmm. I was taking stuff very, very seriously. But games are so much fun.
2: Absolutely. People forget to play when they're adults.
0: Not you though.
2: I enjoy I enjoyed frolicking in the woods and I don't
0: want to show you this Hogwarts now.
2: Oh, absolutely. You wanna go do that? Yeah.
0: Alright, cool. Let's do that. Uh Thank you, everybody, (laughs) for listening. Yes,
2: thank you. I appreciate
0: you all. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for coming. Thank you
1: for having me. me. Absolutely. Let's go look at some Hogwarts. Okay. (laughs)